bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, what do art, music, Dolly Parton, and Elvis have in common? Our next guest will connect all the music history dots and share some of the stories of his 40-year career in country music. Ronnie McDowell's hits like Older Women and You're Gonna Ruin My Bad Reputation catapulted him to the top of the country charts. And both his physical and vocal likeness to Elvis also played a big part in his musical career. Now you can catch Ronnie on Larry's Country Diner February 21st on RFD-TV and you can catch the stories right now. 40 years of music and he's still going strong. 30 hit songs, he's Ronnie McDowell. Welcome to the show, Ronnie. Hey, cool. I love your little song there. That was great. <laughs> thank you. Well, we're so happy to have you with us today. Well, thank you. It's good to be with you. I, as we speak, I'm in Shreveport, Louisiana at Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville Casino for a show tonight. Oh, oh wow. Nice. Sounds nice. Okay, now before we get to the Dolly Parton story, let's go back to your first hit, The King is Gone. So how did that all come about? Well, I was driving down the road in 1977. I just got through rehearsing with my band. In my 77 Camara, I turned the radio on. Okay. okay. And the DJ said Elvis Presley had passed away. So mm. 15 miles down the road, being a songwriter, that just came out of me. Okay. All the lyrics just flowed out. And I flew to Memphis the next day because I had never seen Elvis so I wanted to see Elvis lying in state, I never will forget, August 17th. And I stood in line from 8 o'clock in the morning until 5.30 that afternoon. Wow. Mm. Finally got up to the gate. You would have had to have been there. Uh, it was a madhouse. It was, the line was for miles. Isn't and they were like incredible. five abreast, and it was hot. It was August, and... I got about seven feet from the gate, and they closed it and wouldn't let anybody oh. else in. Oh. So I didn't get in, and I was always such a huge Elvis fan, mm -hmm. and I was devastated. So I jumped in my Camara, and I flew back to Nashville. I walked into Scorpion Records' office, where I'd been a songwriter, and there was a guy standing there by the name of Lee Morgan, and he said, Hey, Ronnie, let's do an Elvis tribute. Well, I thought he meant wear a jumpsuit and all that, and I said... Uh -huh. Lee, now you know I don't do that. I don't wear jumpsuits and sideburns and all that. And he said, no, no, no. He said, I mean, let's do a song. He said, listen to what I wrote. And I listened, and I said, well, that's funny. Listen to what I wrote yesterday. So we took that talking part that I wrote and combined it with what he wrote, okay. and we went in the next day and recorded it. I took it to a radio station. The very next day, I walked into a little AM station in Madison, Tennessee. Okay. They played it. It exploded a million records in a week. Oh, wow. Wow. Like a movie. Uh-huh. Totally. And what a unique co-write, you know? Yes, and, and that just uh, shows to go you that you never know. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Now, such then after that was such a huge hit. Now, that had to be difficult because, you know, you don't want to be a one-hit wonder. And, you know, that to come out of the gate like that, that would be hard to follow. So what was that well, time like for you? And that's true, because once you have an initial impact with something so huge that went on to sell six million records, wow. then everybody uh, tends to uh, put 
you in a bag, so to sure. speak. Uh-huh. And it's hard to get out of that. But me being a songwriter, I had already, before that, written songs for Roy Drusky, Billy Walker, Jenny Shepard, Porter Wagner, the Wilburn Brothers. I was having a ball writing songs, doing what I loved. So the last thing I wanted to be known as was my Elvis impersonator. Right. The, the friend, Lee Morgan, bless his soul, he passed away years ago. But anyway, he... Uh, when we were in the studio, he said, Ronnie, he said, I've been to your show, and when you do a uh, Johnny Cash song, an Elvis song, Louis Armstrong, whomever, you do it like that artist. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, but I mean, that's just something that I do. I love doing voice. He said, well, he said, well sing this song and talk it like Elvis would do. And I said, man, I don't want to do that. I want to do it like Ronnie McDowell. Well, had I not done that, as per his suggestion, I'm not sure that it would have okay. had the impact that it did. Uh-huh. But it also, everybody thought, like I say, I was an Elvis impersonator. But I knew that that's not what I was going to be or what I wanted to do. I went to see my friend Buddy Killen at Tree Publishing. Okay. And Buddy and I got together. And, of course, if you listen to Wondering Eyes and Watching Girls Go By. By the way, I wrote Watching Girls Go By, and it is now been played over a million times on the radio. Wow, that's got to feel great. <laughs> yeah, so after I got with Buddy, if you listen to older women and all my records, it just sounds like Ronnie McDowell. Uh-huh, yeah. Country singer Ronnie McDowell here on the Mulberry Lane Show. So you definitely found the right combination to make that happen. Yeah, me being a songwriter, I had a meeting with Buddy Killen because he wanted to produce me. Okay. If you've ever been on Music Row in Nashville, Tree Publishing was before Star Building. And so I had a meeting with Larry Butler first. Larry Butler, who produced Kenny Rogers at the time. Okay. But my second meeting was with Buddy, but the Tree Publishing building was first, so I stopped to see Buddy, uh-huh. and I never left. Yeah. I was with Buddy. <laughs> he wasn't going to yeah, let I you was, out that door, huh? Yeah, and I I was with him for 20 years. Wow. Now, you've worked with some of the greats over the years. What was the time like with Conway Twitty? Well, for seven years, I opened up shows for Conway, and he was like my mentor, my second dad. I met Conway because I was always his biggest fan through his daughter, Kathy Twitty, who was on the road with me. Okay. And her uh, professional singing name was Jessica James at the time. She was Miss Teenage America as well. Okay. And uh, I was doing shows with her, and I told her I wanted to meet her dad. And I walked into his office. He stuck his hand out, and he said, Son, how would you like to open up my shows? And wow. I said, Twist my arm. Yeah. <laughs> so now what did you cool. learn from Conway at that point? Everything. I, Conway Tweedy taught me everything about stage performance, songwriting. Conway taught me to go out on stage and he told me he said you are not a comedian all you need to do is stand there and sing them those songs that's what they come to hear Uh, mm. and he said don't ever compromise and just do half of a song he said they come to hear the whole song if I do watching girls go by I always sing the whole song and or whichever the king is gone it does older women and so, you know, and the list goes on and on. Conway, what a mentor he was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, you also had spent some time with Jerry Lee Lewis. So do you have a favorite Jerry Lee Lewis story? 
Well, most of them I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that not surprising? <laughs> yeah. Jerry Lee is probably the craziest man on the planet, but he is also uh, one of the most talented humans I have ever known. And, okay. And what an artist he was. But I worked with Jerry Lee on a lot of projects. First met him in Memphis, Tennessee with Hank Jr. That record, The King Is Gone, was so hot. They threw me on shows with everybody, all of my heroes. And Okay. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, first time I worked with him in the studio, he came in and he sat down and he warmed up for about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And he finally said, all right, killer, I'm ready. But before we do the song that you wrote, we're going to sing a song that I love. And we sat down and, and Jerry Lee started off and he went, Heartache number one was when you left me. <laughs> I never thought that I could hurt this way. He went on and he, he got to the course of heartaches by the number. He said, jump in here, killer. I still have that duet of heartaches by the number with Jerry Lee. Wouldn't take anything for it. Awesome. That's cool. Very cool. Now, you also toured with Loretta Lynn and Tammy Wynette, straight up country artists. Now, when you think about them and you, you know, you look at like Carrie Underwood or Miranda Lambert today, are there any similarities? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, all of these folks, these young folks that are out there, you know, they're just carrying on today's youth what you know their country music is mm -hmm. it's what today's generation loves and you know my generation was uh patsy klein and tammy wynette marty robbins roy acuff ernest tubb and you know i'm so thankful that i grew up at a time when i got to work with ernest tubb okay roy acuff marty robbins hank snow and those were my heroes the carrie underwoods and the Josh Turners and all these people that are on the radio today, the youth of today, like my son, who is 24, that's his music. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it just goes in circles and cycles. And is your son following in your footsteps? Well, my youngest son has been a curb recording artist since he was 10 years old. Okay. But, cool. but he also helps me with my art. He is an unbelievable graphics artist and and he's also a painter as well. So, yeah. And my older son is my drummer, and he is also Jimmy Buffett's uh, Coral Reefer Band's drummer as well. Okay. So it runs in the family. Country singer-songwriter with over 30 top 40 hits, Ronnie McDowell is here. And when we come back, he's going to talk about his other passion, art, and a recent painting he did for Dolly Parton, which includes some music history. You don't want to miss it. Plus, his possible upcoming reality show project. So keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Here's Ronnie McDowell. Older women are beautiful lovers. I said older women, they understand. I've been around some, and I have discovered more. Yes, that older women know just how to please a man. 